0: Welcome to The Female Leads. I'm Eva Hartling, founder and host of this podcast. Canadian author Margaret Atwood famously said, powerful men are known as born leaders and powerful women as an anomaly. I created The Female Leads to help change that perception, which is why on this show, I speak to inspiring women about their journey to unlocking their own potential. If you liked today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast on the platform of your choice and give us a good rating. Follow us on Instagram at The Female Leads and visit thefemaleleads.com. My guest this week is Tiffany Surya, the founder and CEO of Novel Education Group, a homeschooling and tutoring organization based in Los Angeles. Tiffany launched a disruptive alternative to the traditional schooling model, and she aims, in her words, to be making smart, stylish again. Tiffany's innovative business model has attracted a number of celebrities, including Kris Jenner and Dr. Dree, thanks to her focus on exploring youth's creative side while balancing demanding non-traditional
1: schedules and academic work. You know, what I'm really teaching you here is not... You know, the Pythagorean theorem or the War of 1812. Mm-hmm. I'm teaching you a set of skills mm-hmm. that you will carry with you for the rest of your life. I'm really when I am is I'm teaching you how to learn. You know, we're really moving away from from what a woman cannot yes. do. Yeah. And it's suddenly turning into, look at all the stuff that we do. We can do anything. <laughs>
0: She's had quite the star-studded clientele with Kylie and Kendall Jenner, as well as Haley Baldwin, as past students. Tiffany sees her role as helping the younger generation find value and meaning in an education system that can seem bland and standardized. She wants to enrich the lives of the new generation with the true value of knowledge, and she serves clients from all backgrounds.
1: So I'm from Portland, Oregon, Mm -hmm. which I love. Hello, Portland, because it's just my favorite. I love it more and more as I get older. Um, And uh, I'm a first-generation Cambodian. Mm -hmm. So uh, both my parents were born in Cambodia, and uh, they actually moved to France and lived in Paris for 10 years before they moved to the States. Oh, fantastic. So I have a lot of family uh, in Europe and still in Cambodia. Do you speak French? Um, My parents speak it fluently. I actually minored in French in college. Great. And looking back on it, I'm like, I was really good at French at one point. <laughs> but because I haven't used it as much, mm-hmm. um, at, you know, throughout the years, I've sort of lost some of it. But I still tutor I still tutor it mm. for like French one and French two, like the beginner levels. I can still, right. I can still tutor tutor French. Um so I, you know, for as for my aspirations growing up, to be totally honest, I I think I never really had a super clear vision of what I wanted to do mm-hmm. from a young age. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know a lot of people do, which is which is great but I was never I was never that child that that had like a clear vision of my future. I actually mm. think I was quite confused as a kid because I was first generation mm. um, you know I have really you know, had, I was around conflicting atmospheres all the time. Interesting. Um, because, you know, I obviously grew up here going to American schools, being around mostly American families, Mm -hmm. and then going home and really feeling the dichotomy between how my parents were raising me versus being around friends who were from here. Mm Mm-hmm. So I really kind of grew up not knowing what I was supposed to think, or what was right, or, hey, my friends get to do this, why don't I get to do this? Mm-hmm. Or, hey, we do this at home, how come you guys don't do this at home? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I was really sort of confused a little bit um, until I went to college, I, I, and I really was. Um, so I was just the in the pre-med path. Okay, okay, I see. But were, I was. Were you a good student? School? I was a very good student mm-hmm. in school. Um, you know, it, in in high school, honestly, I wasn't. I wasn't that good of a student. Okay. Okay. But in college, I was. Mm-hmm. In college, I became actually a very competitive student. Mm. Um, I think it was because, just like I said before, I was sort of lost and confused as it as it, I didn't really know like what my strengths were. I didn't really know what I wanted, and then when I got to college, I do love and continue to love science right. and love education and really enjoy learning. Um, and it was something that I very naturally excelled in mm-hmm. in a university atmosphere because I kind of felt like everything else was sort of taken out of the equation you know Mm -hmm. I didn't really care who knew me anymore like like how it is in high school I didn't Mm -hmm. care about how I looked anymore I didn't care about any of those things I really only cared about school right and so suddenly school and learning kind of like became my superpower and I and I excelled more than your average student okay and so that was my competitive edge. Was, was yeah. my was my ability to do really well in school, and I worked really hard, mm-hmm. um, and I enjoyed doing well. So, um, you know, after some time in school, I found myself really enjoying tutoring. Mm-hmm. Um, I like led my study groups and things like that because these really difficult classes like OChem and things like that kind of I like discovered a pattern on how to understand things and memorize things and other people that were struggling would ask me questions just you know how do you memorize this how do you understand this and so I would lead little study groups mm-hmm. and watching students go from not understanding anything to fully understanding something was really cool mm-hmm. especially when you had a hand in it because you made a difference in their lives please. yeah and really too getting them to understand that i mean i think that a lot of people that struggle in school think that the ones that do really well are just like geniuses mm-hmm. like oh well she's a genius because you, you know she gets straight a's so it's like could never do that mm-hmm. when that's not true i don't consider myself a genius i just i just think that i have a set of skills that i was able to acquire that allowed me to do well in school and I feel like those skills can be shared right with everyone and I feel like everyone has the capability the mm-hmm. ability to be to be a really great student. So um so yeah so I started, you know, leading leading groups and and all that and I continued finished school. Um, and at that point I sp- still didn't really have an idea because I dropped the med school, but I still didn't really have an idea of what I wanted, but I always had something in the back of my mind of wanting something bigger Mm -hmm. than where I currently was. So that always existed. Um, The world was always so much larger than the current situation Mm. that I was in. Mm -hmm. Um, I think that's why I didn't enjoy high school so much because it was a bit of a bubble for me and I felt trapped by it rather than feeling like, you know, I mean, Mm -hmm. of course I had a good time. It was fun. It was high school, but, but it didn't feel, um, it never felt fulfilled by it. And I just really wanted to get out Mm -hmm, as mm -hmm. soon as I could, because I felt like there were so many other things to discover in the world. The
0: world was waiting for you.
1: Yeah, it was just waiting for me, you know, waiting for me to experience it. And so, um, so as soon as I finished college, I moved to Los Angeles Okay. uh, and I started tutoring in, in Los Angeles. Okay. And that's when I really fell in love with teaching. Okay. Was when it was outside of a friend realm because mm-hmm. suddenly I was working with, firstly, m- mostly teenagers. Mm-hmm. Secondly, mm-hmm. people I didn't know. Right. Um, in, in in school, it was always people I knew. Mm-hmm. And so now it was, you know, going to someone's home, meeting their family, mm. seeing the struggles that have held them back, and then giving them the tools to be able to do well mm-hmm. and watching them Grow and just learn these skills, be able to apply them in school, be able to apply them outside of school. Really was was very cool mm-hmm. for me, and I really enjoyed it and got a lot of fulfillment out of it.
0: How did you find clients? How did you ad- advertise your services or recruit um
1: Well, the at first um, I was working for a for a different for an agency. Okay. Okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. I was working for an agency, and then you know soon things just started to organically grow on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, I It got to the point where all of my private referrals were sort of overtaking mm-hmm. um, the, agency the agency work. work. Okay. And then I didn't need the agency work anymore. And also I just... Um, you know, there was two things, two places that I worked for. I worked for an agency and I also was employed by a school and I, and I did stick with that for a while, Mm -hmm. but through working with both of those places, I really felt like, and this is after, you know, a few years, so I had worked with a lot of students at this point. Right. I felt like I really understood what worked Mm -hmm. with that. You know, I felt like I was able to see what worked at the agency, I was able to see what worked with the school, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I really felt like I had a knack for Mm -hmm. understanding what a student, you know, what a teenager, what a child needed in order to make them feel safe around a tutor Mm -hmm. so that they could excel in school. what do you think that was? So what set you apart from other tutors? I think it was, I think relatability was a really, was a really big part of it, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, I mean, I'm a young, spirited person. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm a woman. Mm-hmm. I like makeup and fashion and yeah. movies and just like every You're not other the typical teacher, or teacher yeah. assistant that we picture. And I think that, and I and you know, I, I think all teachers are you know all women teachers like makeup and fashion of and course, movies and things yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. But I do feel like they're maybe a lot of them feel like they have to hide behind their brains mm, mm-hmm. or else they're not taken seriously. Right, right. And I just never felt that way. Mm-hmm. And I and I actually felt like my students felt more comfortable around me because I was always really honest about who I was. Right. Um... You know, and because I was always upfront about the things that I believed in, and the things that I liked, and the movies that I watched, and right. the books that I read, and the articles that I read in magazines, you know, just yeah. I was just a regular person, a real person in real
0: life. Yeah, I was yeah. a
1: regular person, and I never mm-hmm. ever wanted to come off to any of my students like I was above anything that they were doing. Right,
0: right.
1: And so because because they felt so comfortable around me. And then that's when I mean that's when people really start to grow because then they're honest with themselves. Mm, mm-hmm. And then they can be they can tell you like, okay, so I have this paper that's due mm, tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And I didn't do it. <laughs> you know? And then it's like and rather they than can be more be, honest. Yeah, rather than true. them being yeah. scared to tell you that, they should really be honest with you and feel comfortable enough to say I just don't understand anything and I have a test tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And then you can deal yes. with it. Yes. You know, and yeah. then you can deal with it because mm-hmm. we've all had those moments. Exactly. And it just doesn't help to mm-hmm. guild anyone through anything. So mm-hmm. um so then yeah, I think I think it was the relatability, I think mm-hmm. it was just the idea that like these teenagers felt like they didn't have to act a certain way around right. me that they could be themselves mm. as well. And so it was just easier to be around each other. And when you're, mm. when it's easy to be around each other, then, you know, things became really productive. Mm. At this point, it was all very natural for mm. me. You know, mm-hmm. I would ask what, well, what, what is your daughter into? What mm-hmm. is she like? Why is she struggling? Has she struggled before? Um, what is her schedule like? You know, things, things like that. And then I would think, oh well, I got this friend. She's a science whiz, but she also loves basketball. Mm. So, and your, you know, and your daughter loves basketball. So, I'd be like, okay, this this might be a really good fit. I think that they would actually be friends, mm. and she can help her with her chemistry. And so, I was kind of just already inherently doing those things, right? And so, building the business off of that. Became a, it was a very natural. It happened very organically. Yeah, it became mm. a very natural next step for me, and mm-hmm. it became like an aha moment mm. of, um, you know, I think I, I think I can f- I think I can make these matches mm. work really well, and I think that a lot of these families that are coming to me and asking me for advice on you know who would help and what do we need. Um, that became something that I really feel like I became an expert in. and just mm. like knowing exactly what they need to really help them to really help them and, and give, and give them the type of educational experience that they wanted. Mm-hmm. So tell me about starting the business. So you officially at that
0: point said, okay, this is what I can do. Yes. I can earn a living out of this. Yes, and exactly. How did
1: it unfold from there? Um, so I started the business and so I, you know, I, my fur I was very lucky to have, to have some some pretty big clients mm-hmm. to start off with, so um, my entire teaching philosophy, you know, because even through the agency, uh, before I started the business, site, I worked with like a number of high profile clients, and one of the things, one, another thing, going back to you know the relatability and also kind of what made me stood uh, stand apart stand out. Mm-hmm. from the rest the rest of it was you know the big question in my mind when working with these high-profile clients, was, how am I supposed to make education relevant mm-hmm. to a young generation or a young client that doesn't necessarily need education right. in order to succeed mm-hmm. in this world? How mm-hmm. am I supposed to make them care about what I'm talking mm-hmm. about? Mm-hmm. Um, And, you know, how am I supposed to answer the question of just, you know, when am I ever going to use this again? Right. You know, but (laughs) I want to be a rock star. Mm -hmm. So when, so, you know, when am I, when am I ever going to need this? Mm -hmm. So that was really, you know, the question that we got was as the clientele really started to shift to that, to that demographic. Mm -hmm. And the way that I answered that question um, with the kids was, you know, what I'm really teaching you here is not, you know, the Pythagorean theorem or the War of 1812. Mm-hmm. I'm teaching you a set of skills mm-hmm. that you will carry with you for the rest of your life. I'm really, what I am is I'm teaching you how to learn. Mm-hmm. I'm teaching you how to take a set of information and absorb it. Mm-hmm. I'm teaching you how to have critical eye in all of the opportunities that you're going to approach in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, I had to have them see, really see the bigger picture here. I mean, I always saw the bigger picture, I right. feel like, as a chi- as a child. right? Um, so for them, it was getting them to see the larger picture as well. You have mm-hmm. to learn how to walk before you can run, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so that became the philosophy mm-hmm. behind Novel Education Group okay. was okay. teaching... People teaching students how to learn. Mm-hmm. Um, so at this point, I had established the company, and uh, my first, just through referrals, my first cl- homeschooling mm-hmm. client, because homeschooling was also uh, really okay. the largest part of right. wh- of what I had done at this point. Mm-hmm. And let's talk about homeschooling for a second. So that mm-hmm. would be for a client who
0: whose lifestyle probably doesn't allow their kids to go to a school regularly. Exactly. They prefer to have to get studying at home, whether because, could be because they're on the road for, for exactly. different reasons. Yeah.
1: It's just really anyone who lives just an unconventional lifestyle. Right. Um, you know, whether it be, a, you know, a young talent mm-hmm. or, um, you know, business leaders who tend to travel often and didn't see... Really saw the traveling experience as a plus for their children, right. and wanted to bring their families mm-hmm. with them, mm-hmm. and you know could take the experiences when they travel around and, and add it to their. You know, it's like I, I don't want to be away. From my children, I want to take them with me. I want yeah. I want them to experience all the things that I'm experiencing, mm-hmm. but still go to school. But and still be get able to go education. to yeah, get their education and not and and not be detrimental to their mm-hmm. education as well. Mm-hmm. You know, really providing a homeschool that was legitimately you know academically yeah. mm-hmm. um, sound. Right. So um, so so yeah. So at this point, you know, and also just through through the agency is also was also where I had learned like the homeschooling skills okay. and, and all of that too. So um, I at this point you know I established the company and through referrals my, my first client was Kylie Jenner mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who and that was huge for me because she was really just sort of like the poster child of that <laughs> question, right you know It's yeah. just, yeah. She had, and she had so, her and Kendall, they were both my students, mm-hmm. they had really just like endless opportunities Yeah, yeah. Um, at their fingertips. And so it was really, you know, I was like faced with this brand new challenge mm. with them, mm-hmm. this daily challenge of just making making school, making education relevant to them mm. while allowing them to blossom in their careers. Right, right. Um, so how old were they when they started being your students? Um... Kylie was 14 mm-hmm. and Kendall was 15 mm-hmm. and in both cases I imagine regular school wasn't an option it was not an option for them mm-hmm. um, you know I mean it was an option yeah but
0: it didn't make sense but it didn't make <laughs>
1: sense and it just it was it would be at the detriment of their career right right and I don't think you should make any you know child, have to give up a dream or a vision mm, mm-hmm. for just for the sake for yeah. anything i mean it's mm-hmm. like there's always comp you know i feel like comp you know life is a lot of compromising yeah. but sacrifice is really mm-hmm. an entirely different thing and i didn't want them to sacrifice you know all these opportunities for the sake of education i didn't want their education to sacrifice for the sake of the opportunities that makes sense i wanted them to work together right i wanted i wanted us to be a team Mm -hmm. and um and we were Mm. and we were we were were a great team so um so she was so she was my first she was my first big client and and i really felt like i learned a lot from that experience of how to make it relevant to the rest of the of a young generation Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. we're seeing that we're seeing now and we tailor the curriculum to fit that student's needs and desires mm. as well. So if they have, you know this this whole idea of you know, spending the same amount of time on every subject mm-hmm. doesn't really um, that that's not that's not what we do. Mm. Um, if you, you know, if you're looking for a career in in music or or acting or something like that, um, we will focus on the things that will help you in that career. Mm. Um, You know, we're about, you know, honing in on your strengths and working through your weaknesses. Now, that's not to say that we can just, you know, skip a math class yeah. altogether. <laughs> you still need a foundation, we still, obviously. You still need the foundation, mm-hmm. and that foundation is really important. A foundation mm-hmm. in general in anything that you do is really important. So, right. like, really that's what they're learning, too. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, but but we are able to help them work through those other things while honing in on the strengths and really focusing on the English and the reading and the writing and things mm-hmm. like that for for students in that particular situation
0: mm-hmm. did you have
1: role models growing up so or when you got to start the business who was your inspiration um, you know if to, to be totally honest with you there was not a lot of people mm-hmm. in, in this space I, I would agree yeah this I space, don't it's not something I think yeah we, we hear
0: about there's no personalities doing this type of work. yeah there, mm-hmm. there
1: was not a lot of people in mm-hmm. this in this space um, so there was not a particular person okay. that I looked up to um, and yeah, I think it's mainly because there really wasn't a lot, of, anyway, <laughs> that makes you trailblazer. yeah, you know, I just, uh, it, and, and I think that was part of the challenge for me as mm. well is that I wanted to exist in both spaces, you right. know, I didn't want to feel limited by my career or limited by the fact that I was just a regular person. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so I wanted to create, you know, I've, feel like I saw a void in this space. Right. And, and I wanted to really like create a new image mm. where you could represent both sides of the spectrum and neither one had to negatively affect the yeah, other. Yeah, they could coexist. Basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: But did you have did inspiration come maybe from other sectors? Maybe you know, business personalities, business owners? Did you look up to someone in particular, maybe even younger when you were, you know, in school or growing up?
1: Um Not necessarily, you know, but I did, um, you know, not, not necessarily, but I really did learn a lot from my experiences with the agency and with the school. Okay. Okay. That is what really helped me set up the foundation of, of how I wanted to do this Mm -hmm. because I felt like I took from those experiences Mm -hmm. and those business models and, and also the people that I worked with at, at the. The agency and the school, mm-hmm. um, and that's how I was able to mold my own. You made it very much your own, right? Yeah. Right. So, um, so I did learn a lot, mm. a lot from them, and and but I saw what worked and what didn't work, right? And um, I didn't see enough individual attention with the students. Mm. You know, I didn't yeah. see um, enough. It, it was all. It was all very, it was still very all by the book mm, mm-hmm. and a bit old fashioned. Mm-hmm. And so I really wanted to give it a new face and, mm. and a, a new, you know, trendy spin. Mm. And speaking of that, so the model
0: for your business is making school trendy again. Uh, making, making smart, stylish pre- again.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Tell me a little bit about what that means for you. Um, for me, it just means to have, to be an educated woman or not even a woman but just an educated person mm-hmm. and having that be trendy and mm-hmm. stylish again mm-hmm. you know we're always we're in this world of influencers and trends mm-hmm. and 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 things like that and you know making a worldly knowledgeable person having that be the cool thing to be again mm-hmm. is really sort of the message that we're trying mm. that we're trying to spread here. Um you know a lot of a lot of young influencers or artists and things like that it's like you see these people that are on your Instagram or on the TV or on the radio and they're like 15 16 yeah. years old. Yes, they're young. They're young. Yeah. And you where you don't know about them mm. is where are they going to school, you know, what are the things that they know and what are the things that they're proud of mm. and, and what do they represent and, and you know, things like that. And I want that to also be the forefront of, mm. of their brand and the forefront of, of, of their faces mm-hmm. as well. Um, because I think that in the way that we do education, I think that we can have a really large impact on who they are mm. as people. Yes. And that will show through in terms of who they are as artists, mm. actors, young business leaders, um,
0: and yeah. And actually, speaking of that, that makes me want to ask you because some of the clients you mentioned, so you know, whether it's Kylie Jenner or Kendall, mm-hmm. uh, they're obviously they're confronted uh, to being a personality, celebrity, almost at a very young age, and they find themselves in a public eye. Did you so in the in the in your process in terms of you know, spending time with them, uh, giving them obviously skills from an educational standpoint. How did you approach um, kind of giving them the soft skills as well to be able to navigate through those situations? Right. Because I'm sure you faced, you know, examples of having to deal with
1: that. Yeah. So as an educator, it's never your job to tell a student what's right, right? Mm -hmm. And it's never a job to teach the student what your opinions are, right. right? But it what it what it is your job to do is to give them the tools to form their own opinions and and really give them the knowledge mm-hmm. to support what they believe, right. right? So with as you know the fame grew and grew and grew and they're sort of faced with more interviews and more questions, we really had to find a way to answer for them to answer these these questions and really f- have really have the knowledge and the tools to back up what they were saying, right? Um they had to be confident in themselves yeah, and they had to be it. confident in what they believed in mm. and they had and they had to have an answer for everything, mm-hmm, right? Mm. I mean, you don't always have an answer for everything, of yeah. course. But in that type of situation, sometimes you do. Mm. And so they had to, you know, we we really worked to prepare them for a situation where they had to, you know, speak eloquently or have the confidence to have a strong opinion. Right. And then be able to express, be that, able to know? express it, mm. and then also be able to accept that opinion for themselves. Right. You know, it's like a big, it's a big confidence-building mm-hmm. bi- experience. Yeah. School is education is. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and those are
0: very much skills that you acquire in school. So it's not Absolutely. just about learning, you know, English or math or whatever. You're really learning about social skills and building Absolutely. your own personality. And Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. If we're talking about opportunities too, you know, I always tell my students as well: if you have I really believe that if you have two people, and they're the same age, and you give them the same set of opportunities, mm-hmm. and one is educated and the other isn't, mm. the educated person will more than likely be the more successful one with that with the same set of opportunities. Right. They'll know how to interpret it. They'll yeah. know what to do with it. Yeah. They'll know how to judge it. Mm. Um. You know, and they'll know how to. Use the tools that they've learned in order to figure out how to either make a business or make a career out of those opportunities. Mm, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, so like that's really the message that we're trying to that that we're trying to give here mm-hmm. is um, knowledge is power, education is power, mm-hmm. and if if it's done correctly, it will only help. Mm-hmm. It will only help you in. Whatever your crazy journey you're doing, yeah building. yeah, yeah,
0: um and you're seeing, so you still have, you know you're you do both the tutoring, the homeschooling, um and your approach is very different than what we see in the school system today. Yes, so you talk about you know, uh, being able to relate to students and, uh, kind of making them uh, understand that you're a real human being and learning about who you are and not hiding behind mm-hmm. the facade of what a teacher should act like or mm-hmm. look like. So how could we take how could we export what you've built in your business model and make the school system a little bit, you know, better suited to
1: kids today? I think teachers really have to understand the power that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's really only so much we can do. I feel like it's it's kind of a difficult question because there's not a lot of things that we have control over logistically but what I try and teach my teachers and I have amazing teachers Mm -hmm. um, is you have to you have to understand that as a teacher that you have quite a bit of power Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and quite a bit of control over what you choose to do with that student, even if the curriculum is given to you, yeah. you know, it's like okay, you have to teach X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. The way you teach X, Y, and Z, yeah. how much you spend on X, how much you spend on Y, and mm. how much, <laughs> how much time you spend on Z can can be different. Mm. Or maybe you want to teach Z first. You know, it's just, like those are the things that you have control over, mm-hmm. and so those are the things that you have to take advantage of. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try and you know get my teachers to really understand their students. Mm-hmm. Understand what their goals are, and then you we kind of mold X, Y, and Z a little bit to fit mm. to fit into that life. Um, I think that teachers can really. I think you could do that with any curriculum. Yeah, you know. I think that once. You know, teachers suddenly are really feel... I mean, teachers are amazing and they don't get enough credit. Yeah. Absolutely yeah. Oh, not. They
0: play a huge role in, it's a you know, huge, raising the next generation. Yes, absolutely. It's a mm.
1: huge role. They don't get enough credit. Mm. And once teachers, like, really realize their power and they realize their impact, mm. then I think that they'll feel inspired to take control of whatever situation that mm. they're in. And then, then that that's how you can really impact a classroom right. or impact... A child mm. um, and I think that we can just start from there it's mm. just giving teachers more credit and more power right and then in the end really more confidence to take control of that power mm. mm-hmm. and then spread the message that they think is important mm. that makes a lot of sense yeah
0: this is obviously a podcast where we talk about women issues and women empowerment. And you're spending time and your teachers are spending time with the next generation mm-hmm. of women. Um, would you say, are you noticing a difference with the mindset or the culture or the attitude that young women have today? In terms of, you know, self-confidence, yes. their place in the world. This is the era of Me Too, Time's Up. Um, you know, they, they're exposed to those conversations in, in media and in society right now. Do you have, how, what's your feeling about that new generation of women that's growing up right now?
1: I think I've seen quite a change in women, just even really like in the last 10 years. Mm. Um, and I've even felt like I've seen a lot of changes in myself right. as well. Um, I'm seeing this younger generation of women, honestly, just not even feel limited in the ways that I felt limited when I was younger. Right. Mm. It's not even really a question in their minds anymore of what's of what they're capable of doing and what they're not capable of doing. Mm. I mean, I have friends who in the middle of starting a business had a child. Right. And whereas before, that wasn't even an option. It was not an no. option or the you know, if a woman is around the age around the age of having a child, yeah. yes. then suddenly it's like they're their abilities are limited in some mm-hmm. way because they were about to have a child. Yeah, and so, yeah. whereas now, you know, we're really moving away from from what a woman cannot yes. do. Yeah. And it's suddenly turning into, look at all the stuff that we do. We can do anything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And just And just that we do and that we've been doing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, suddenly now, I feel like more attention has been brought to that. Yeah. And women are just being taken more seriously as, I mean, the word is like businessman. Yeah. Yes, exactly. (laughs) Right? I mean, the word is businessman. Yeah. Yeah. And so that, even that term Mm. is going away. And now it's like business leaders or entrepreneurs because there are less business men. Yes. And because women feel like they can do that too. Like they don't have to take... A secretary job. Do you yes. know what I mean? It's yeah, like no, can you, can, you can. You could be the boss. Yeah. It's just like there's no. You know, it's like you could. You could do. You can do whatever you want. Yeah. And definitely, I have seen a huge shift from you know, women saying the things that they wanted to do. Now it's like suddenly their the goals are so much bigger, mm, mm-hmm. and um and people are absolutely not limited. Or women not limited at all by mm. wanting to be mothers or be married, or, or, you know, it's, it's not, and husbands, there's a, and yeah, business. there's a huge balance, you know, between husband and wife, and between families and business, mm-hmm. it's just, it's, um, it's, and I think that's, I think it's a balance that, that we all should talk about, as yeah. well, you know, yeah. of just sort of, like, really what it takes to have a family, and to run yeah. a business, and, yeah,
0: yeah, and speaking of balance, that was one of my questions for yeah. you. You obviously run a business. You're very much involved in it. Um, you're a CEO. That's a busy lifestyle. How do you find balance in your own life? Um, I think it's, re- yes,
1: the balance is huge. It's really important. Mm-hmm. Um, I quite literally schedule free time into my life. That's nice. <laughs> I do. That's a good idea. Um uh, you know I'm a big schedule, you know I'm yeah. a prepping and, and, and scheduling type of person. I love planners and all of that stuff and <laughs> making lists. Yeah, right. But I just really feel like if you want to have time to do all of the things, mm-hmm. then you must schedule mm-hmm. workouts, free time, mm-hmm. lounge time, um, put my phone down time yeah. in into your life. Mm because it can so eat like, yeah. oh, it just goes away. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It'll this, always
0: be at the bottom of the list. Otherwise. It'll
1: always be the bottom of your list. And yeah. then suddenly someone out there is going to make you feel guilty for wanting to get your nails done mm. one day. Yeah. And I'm like, excuse <laughs> me, I am allowed to get my nails done. It's my self-care time. And not feel bad about it. Yeah. yeah. You know, like I scheduled it into my day. <laughs> I did all the other things already. That's smart. I need to start doing that. Yes. It's just, I mean, I really do. And I, and I will not allow anyone to mm. make me feel guilty for wanting to, you know, for for like getting my blonde redone, yeah, or yeah. get or like getting my nails filled or something, because mm-hmm. because I got all the other things done. Yes, because I planned it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that's another thing we gotta own, right? I mean, yeah. women balance so much. Yes. I think it's so much more than I think a man even has ever thought about. Mm-hmm. But I think now that it's becoming like the topic of a lot of conversations, I mm-hmm. think people are really starting to realize. Especially women that have are working traditionally men, men dominated roles. Yeah, Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. CEOs, business starters, business leaders. Um, Well, it's
0: always a classic. I mean, we in a corporate environment when we see a man leaving at five because he's got an appointment or she's playing golf or whatever it mm-hmm. is, it's absolutely normal. But then women are the ones staying, you know, as long as they can because they're afraid of looking bad if they leave for, you exactly. know, a hair appointment or seeing a girlfriend or, you know, a sports session or whatever. Oh,
1: exactly. Like, the you know, if a man does that, then mm-hmm. it's like, oh, he really has all of his stuff together. Because yeah, exactly. he's going to play golf. And he's busy. But if a woman does it, mm-hmm. then it's like, what a slacker. She's going to get her nails done. Yeah. And it's just... I mean that's just absurd to me, mm-hmm. and not even true. Yeah, it's completely backwards. Yeah. but now I really feel like we're moving away from that. I totally agree. Um, yeah. and it's a great time. It's a great time to be a woman yeah. right yeah. now. Yeah. You know, and we're such at a cool place in feminism. Yeah. Right now, mm. um, I feel like there's lots of things that a woman can be, and uh, and we're we're all trying to be very accepting. Yeah. Of everything.
0: What would be your advice for young women who want a career in
1: education? um a career in education definitely to understand your power i think that's that's big mm-hmm. um and understand the impact why i think why is the big mm-hmm. is the big question mm-hmm. um you know why why do you want to be an educator yeah um what's your real purpose yeah what is what is the real what what is the real purpose here and what difference are you trying to make mm-hmm. to a younger generation or to someone that's looking to you right um to to teach mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. something. So I think that would be, you know, that and um and also just be be proud of your craft mm-hmm. and become an expert in, in what in what you want to teach I think is, okay. is also is also important and just like, and is also really cool. I mean, people, you know, will look, will look up to that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, that, that's what I would say to, to young. That's good. Advice. Yeah. <laughs> the people who want to be educators. What's next for you with the business? Um, we're expanding, you know, I'm really hoping to, I want to, I want, I want, uh, I see like a global, mm. a global thing with this, you know, we're having more and more international clients because we, we, because we cater to people who live international lifestyles. Um, you know, it's like the idea of just being in one place and just going to one place for school. It's just, doesn't, it's like, yeah, just Mm -hmm. like, I mean, it exists for some people, but it's, but for people who have, you know, a life that is just outside of one city, Mm. um, they don't, they don't have to enroll into some, some school that they just don't really know what it is or right. they're like, is this made up? And is this, you know, or or their child can be, you know, it's like my child wants to go to, you know, Cambridge or something. It's like, okay, great, yes, you can have this curriculum. Mm-hmm. You can travel the world and your child can go to Cambridge. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, it's, you know, that's really where I see us going is expanding and becoming A very real resource for a lot of people Mm. in the entertainment industry as well as just general unconventional lifestyles. Right. Um, Which
0: I feel there is more and more of today. I mean it's just becoming you know the norm. Yes, a little bit more than it was ten years ago. Yeah, I mean a
1: lot. I mean you know the younger generation travels a lot more too. It's like the world suddenly is so much more accessible. Yeah, and I always encourage my students to travel and see the world. Mm. And I don't want them to say, oh, I can't because of this. It's like, well, you can. Yeah, now you can. And the the whole education
0: system is based around that too. Mm -hmm. It makes it very difficult for either parents who have that lifestyle and want to be able to bring the kids or even kids who want to be able to do it where it should be something that is supported and promoted because it's a great learning experience.
1: Yes. Mm. Yes, absolutely. So
0: your model absolutely allows for that.
1: It does. Yeah, it allows it allows for that type of lifestyle. Mm. And it allows and that's what I think is so cool. It's just, you know, if they if a family needs to spend 3 weeks in China, yeah. we can we can make that a part of their curriculum. Mm-hmm. And I think that's I think that's really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like suddenly this student has so much more appreciation for where they are and they're so mm. much aware of where they are. Mm. You know, a lot of artists that go on tour, don't really know where they are. Yeah, yes. And <laughs> they yeah. don't spend... It becomes blur. Yeah, it just yeah. kind of becomes a blur. And I get it. You know, it's not like they spend a lot of time there. However, if you had someone there that knew about what was going on, mm. and then you had to have school that day, mm. then we can make a part of where you are a, a, a part of your day. Yeah, part of the learning experience. And suddenly, you're like this super well-traveled person. You yeah. know, there's a lot yeah. of people that are extremely well-traveled, mm. but not very worldly. Right. Because they don't take advantage of what's around them. That's it. Um, Mm -hmm. And now, you know, I feel like we've really put the system in place for people in that specific situation to take advantage of where they Mm -hmm. are and learn about where they are, and then Mm -hmm. it becomes part of who you are. Mm -hmm. We've,
0: and you obviously deal with, you know, a very specific type of clients Mm -hmm. and with their kids. um, They're exposed to situations that are not necessarily the norm. Mm -hmm. So they're, you know, they're they're children of celebrities or they're celebrities themselves. Um, How do you ensure they keep, you know, they stay grounded and they keep kind of, you know, two feet on the ground, not getting, you know, kind of caught up in the hype around celebrity. Right.
1: Yeah. Well, self-awareness is really, really big with what we do as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I also think that exposing them to literature and current events and just general things and history right. is... And just, you know, that type of knowledge mm. always keeps people grounded. Right. right? Yeah. Um, I think if you didn't, I think that happens when they're not exposed mm. to all of those things. Right. When they don't have someone there that's telling them, like, hey, look what else exists Outside
0: in the world. Of in this fact, experience.
1: look at how most of the world right. exists. Yeah. You know, look at how this happened so in you know x number of years ago or look mm-hmm. at and how it's still happening now over here you know there's a whole world that is existing somewhere else right now as we speak mm. that we don't think about and trust me they're not going to think about unless you tell them yeah. that it exists yeah. and then we look it up and we like look at the photos and we read about it and um, and then we read books about it and mm-hmm. then we watch movies about it um and then that's when they realize that the world is so much bigger than themselves mm-hmm. and there's so much to learn. And then, you know, hopefully we inspire them to want to learn that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We've got a couple of signature female leads questions okay. that we <laughs> ask our guests. If
0: we go back 10 years in time, um, what's one thing, it could be more, it could be less, but if we go back in time, what's one thing that you would have done differently?
1: Oh, one thing I would have done differently... Um, I think I would have told myself to not be so scared all the time. Mm -hmm. I feel like I was a really scared (laughs) younger person because I just like didn't know what to ask Mm -hmm. and things like that. And I just, I think I would have told myself to just ask as many questions as possible and, uh, don't be scared of the answer. Okay. Mm -hmm because um, yeah because I think one maybe one of the reasons why I was scared to ask those questions was because I was always scared of what the answer was going to be mm-hmm. um, but to not be scared of the answer and just face things on and just really I, you, you're, you can do a lot more than you think you're capable mm-hmm, mm-hmm. of doing I mean I think 10 years ago Tiffany would have not thought I would have done this all these things um, but the fact that I did really honestly just makes me want to tell people just really you can just do yeah whatever. You go want. for it. Just go for it. Mm. I mean, what's the worst that's going to happen, you yeah. know? <laughs> and, so, yeah. and if we fast
0: track, so fast forward in time, 10 years from now, mm-hmm. looking back, what's the one thing that will make you the most proud?
1: I think the thing that makes me the most proud is being able to run a business um, that involves so many of the things that I love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, I love I love education. I love pop culture. Mm-hmm. I love, um, you know, I love fashion. I love all these things. And being able to affect so many parts of every industry mm-hmm. yes. is so cool. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm exposed to so many different lifestyles and mm-hmm. so many different businesses and so many different young artists and athletes and and just mindsets, the fact that I have a hand in so many different things, but it's like one, you know, it's like a one localized thing that I'm sharing, which is education. Mm -hmm. And I can really insert that into all these people's lives Mm -hmm. is so cool. And I'm in such a fortunate position. I really am. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, I think looking back 10 years from now, just, just to have built this business And having people hear my message and believe it Mm. and want it for their families is really cool. Yeah. It's really cool. And it honestly is quite an honor to have people care about Mm. what I have to say. Yeah. And have parents see, you know, when when we have, like, our first sit down and say, like, this is a really cool approach. We would love this for our kids because it's quite their responsibility. Mm. Mm -hmm. And, um... And I, and I really wholeheartedly take that responsibility on. Yeah. Um, and, and I think it's really cool. Mm.
0: So would you say you've designed the life that you wanted? Because it's not something somebody didn't offer you a job that already existed. Mm-hmm. You very much built what you have to Yeah,
1: do. I think so. I think I can safely say that mm. now. Um, you know, it took... I mean, it takes hard work. I think that's, like, one thing, too, that's really important for me to say Mm -hmm. is that... It doesn't happen overnight. These things don't happen overnight, and success comes from hard work, and it doesn't really matter what industry you're in, Mm -hmm. but it it really does, Mm -hmm. Um, and you have to be dedicated to that, Mm -hmm. to that hard work, Mm -hmm. Um, and understand that it's going to be difficult, and there are going to be times where you don't think it's going to work. Right. Um, absolutely. Mm -hmm. But you just have to keep, you just have to keep going and you have to keep doing what you, you have to keep doing what you believe in because then that's when people believe you. Right. If you don't believe yourself, people don't believe you. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That is so true. What is one experience that changed your life?
1: Um, moving to Los Angeles Mm -hmm. was huge for me. It was huge. It was such, you know, I had, I'm really close with my family. Okay. And so... um, And they're still in Portland. They're still in Portland. Um, And, you know, and also just coming from, like, a traditional Asian family, Mm. moving far away from your parents is not something Mm. that's very popular, Um, nor is it something that's, like, highly supported. And so, um, you know, really telling my parents and then doing it, I remember just, like, so vividly packing the car that morning with my brother and sitting in the car and being like, I can't believe I'm doing this. <laughs> and my brother was like, I was like, What am I doing? I'm like, Should I just stay? Should I just unpack all of this stuff from the car and just mm-hmm. like go back out to my room? Like, what am I thinking? And um, and and my brother was like, No, this is great. Like, what he's like, You can literally come back if mm-hmm. you want to. You know, he was Absolutely. like, But just go. Yeah. And so coming here and with an open mind and an open heart and and Taking advantage of all the things that were around me—that mm. was the most—that was probably definitely the most life-changing thing that I did mm. was getting myself out of my comfort zone. Yeah, so it was taking a risk.
0: It was taking which was a risk, a huge,
1: yeah, a huge risk. You know, and yeah. um, you know, any any like business leader or entrepreneur will tell you that you know you don't with you don't get a big reward without a big Absolutely. Risk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you have to just go for it. And so for me, you know, I mean, obviously, starting the business was like another big risk that I took. But mm-hmm. moving, taking myself out of comfort of where I grew up and putting myself in this entirely new environment where I just really didn't know. I mean, I had been to LA like a few times. Right. Um, not really knowing anyone or anything or just like how anything worked, but just putting myself in it and being like, okay, I'm just gonna see, I'm just gonna see what happens. That, that was absolutely the most life changing thing mm. for me. And on a lighter note, what's your favorite thing about living in LA today? Oh, LA's so fun. <laughs> it is. <laughs> LA's really fun. You know, there's always something to do, there's really good food. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Re- yes, I'm a really big foodie. I love to eat. So, um, yeah. So there's re- there's really good food here, and I feel like I can have both worlds here. Mm. I feel like I can live like a really calm Zen mm-hmm. lifestyle um, when I'm home, and mm-hmm. just like you know, be with my boyfriend and walk my dog and mm-hmm. do and do that, and then I can also live like a big city, a big city life here. Right. You know when I want to um there's a whole side to la that you don't realize exists until you move here mm. you know mm. i think a lot of people like lo- from the outside looking into la see it a certain way yeah. and it's really a lot different than that even for me you know mm. i didn't i didn't really know anything about it and so um yeah i think the fact that you can have you can like live both of those lives here is, mm-hmm. is really cool and it's just a huge hub for everyone around the world right you meet so many different people here yeah, yeah um yeah. and and i I've met so many people from from other countries that I've like mm-hmm. kept relationships with and then you go and visit them and and um so yeah it's it's really it's such a fun city to live mm-hmm. in and the weather is really great Yes. It's much different than Portland. <laughs> yeah. I'm from Canada. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you so much,
0: Tiffany. Thank and you. good luck for next episode of business. It sounds like you're off to a fantastic start. Thank you so much. I really appreciated it. Thank you to Tiffany for such a great interview. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and give us a good rating. It really makes a big difference. I'll be back next week with a new guest on the show. Thank you so much for listening.